Hi, and welcome to the Raw, Real, and Rebellicious podcast. My name is Michelle Rebel Coops, and as a personal branding coach, I guide and mentor high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs to liberate themselves from the invisible shackles that keep them from expressing themselves authentically and unapologetically in work, life, and even love. I believe we can all become our own powerhouse and become true leaders of our lives. So let's explore how you can become who you're meant to be, a free, radiant, joyful, and juicy creature of love who takes charge like a true leader does. Hey, it's really great to have you here again. So in today's episode, I'd like to address a topic that concerns everyone. And that is other people's opinions. Now, I know that first and foremost, maybe you want to say like, yeah, but I don't care about other people's opinions. I'm happy for you. I just wonder how true that is. A lot of people tell me usually, you know, it seems like you don't care about other people's opinions and I really admire that in you. And then I'm like, yeah, to some extent I don't. But at the same time, of course, there's a level of me that all that also wants to know that people approve of what I do. I'm just as human as anyone else. And therefore, I believe that no matter how how hard you scream that you don't care about anyone's opinions because you feel that you're so independent, at the same time, we're all programmed to do care. All right, so let's dive a little bit deeper into this topic because this is affecting our lives massively. Right, so we are programmed. (laughs) We are programmed in many, many different ways. And a part of that programming is something that goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Basically, when we were living in caves, (laughs) um, all we had was the protection of the group. If we weren't in the group and we were basically exposed by ourselves out into the jungle, we well, it's basically we were dead. We needed other people to protect us, uh, to feel safe, to feel certain. Otherwise, we would be dead in a heartbeat, you know? So it is only, it is basically part of our survival mechanism to want to feel that we belong to the group and that we're accepted. Anyone who was an outcast in those days, yeah, that you just got rejected from the group and that would mean your death within days. This is something that we don't want anymore. And even though this is an unconscious process, it still means that for a large, to a large extent, we are guided by that very primary instinct of wanting to be accepted. In the end, even though we're super intellectual and we count ourselves as superior creatures in this nature, in the end, we are still just, you know, creatures that are running on programs. And this is just one of the programs. I mean, 95% of everything that we do in our daily lives, our thoughts, our choices, our behavior is guided by our our unconscious brain, our system. And this system is just running on these ancient programs. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because that saves us a lot of energy. I mean, just think about what it would be like if (laughs) we would... Uh, have to think about every action, if we'd have to think about every every step that we take, 
how we move our muscles, it wouldn't be doable. So that's why we have all these running uh, programs running in the background. So that is definitely a great thing. It becomes a problem, however, when um, we feel that these programs or the need to be accepted creates a level of dependency. And to such extent that we start making adjustments in who we are and our behavior and the choices that we make. We stop making the choices that are right for us and we actually choose, choose to navigate life, to make decisions for our life because that would please our parents because that is something that our friends would do as well. This is something that we start doing from a very young age, actually. The first seven to eight years, we are being massively programmed. And after that, from that age onwards, you can see when kids start to adjust their behavior because they feel that they need to fit in. Again, this is a natural process because it's how we create community, you know, because we adjust ourselves. But it becomes a problem when we are actually lying to ourselves and neglecting parts of ourselves sim simply because we feel we need to fit in. And we do this every day. Just think about how, um, how, for example, in business, we have created business rules on how people need to dress. If you ask me, a lot of people are all dressing pretty much the same. You know, the men are wearing suits, and, you know, if they're in a really corporate environment, they will have a suit and tie. That is a little bit more casual nowadays, but still a lot of people wear suits, especially men. The women wear, like, women's suits or certain dresses, and they're all really glamour-like. There is little, little room for uniqueness because that's something, you know, your boho look, you keep that for your private life, for example. So... In terms of, you know, really creating a colorful environment, that is something that we feel like, no, that's not the right place for this. You know, a corporate environment is not the right place for that. So who decides that? It's because we've created rules and therefore we start adjusting ourselves. I also see it in the way that people speak about, for example, core values. I've been working with so many entrepreneurs in the past 10, 15 years and they all mention pretty much the same. When I ask them, what are your core values? They would all speak about, yes, we're, I'm, I'm super professional. I am trustworthy. Um, what else? And, and I'm very much, you know, I've, I, I'm customer centered. I really care about the customer. Everyone was saying basically the same things, the things that their clients wanted to hear or the things that their po potential employer wanted to hear. So I can only imagine that these people, once they get a job interview, they basically say the same thing that everyone else does because they know that that is something that they like to hear. The problem is obviously that you are not even tuning into what you really value in a work environment. And instead you're tuning you're adjusting yourself to what they want to hear, your potential employer or your clients or whatever. And these people will either see that it's not congruent or they will be like, well, you know, you're just saying the same thing as everyone else. So you're not standing out or they will make a choice uh, based on what you're saying only to find out later that there still might be a mismatch. 
And here's the real problem with this, because this event eventually will backfire on you yourself. You are putting yourself out there right now in a way that if you know if it's not really in a way in, in a way that you want to live your life, you're selling yourself short. If you, for example, enter a job interview where you are trying to adjust yourself to what they want to hear because you want to get the job, you want that job because you know you need to make money and it, and so you start you know adjusting to what they want to hear and you're ignoring what is really important to you you're ignoring that maybe you have a completely different set of values and you want to work in a completely different way instead you will actually the attitude that you want to have once you walk into this uh, into this uh, job interview meeting is are they a good fit for me and that is a totally different mind shift where you come from a place like, hey, I'm not going to adjust to you guys. I'm going to find out. I'm going to see if you're a good fit for me. Completely different ballgame, you know? And this is something that you would, <laughs> I would actually say, do this in dating as well. I see so many women, and I've been very, very guilty of this myself, where I would at some point be worried about, you know, does he like me enough? Am I going to be that woman that he wants to spend uh, or at least the next couple of years with? And I would start creating adjustments in my behavior so that I would be that woman for him. Instead, I should have, obviously, and that is something that I do now, I ask the question, yeah, but you know, do I even like you enough? Are you, are you a match for me? I'm not gonna, gonna, uh, gonna adjust myself. This is who I am and you better prove to me that we're a right fit and that you can be the man that I want. So that's just a different mind shift here. And the difference is that instead, you know, the difference is that in the first situation where you are adjusting to them, you're creating a level of dependency, like I said before. There is a dependency on them approving of who you are, whereas in the other situation where you are staying in your autonomy and you're deciding, you know what, I live life on my own terms and I want to find a job or I want to find clients that match me and not the other way around. And that is your place of autonomy. There's three ways in which we create a level of dependency on others. And these are three words that all start with a C. So if you're making notes, you can write down three C's <laughs> above each other. And the first one is comparison. We tend to compare what we do to others. And that could be that we're looking at um, someone else and we're you know, just checking what they're doing, in what way they're doing it. Hmm, that might be a good idea. And we're comparing prices, we're comparing um, uh, outfits, we're comparing behavior. And there's nothing wrong with wanna learn, wanting to learn from someone else. But when you're constantly comparing in a very unhealthy way, you're not really living um, in the way that you want to. And this is a behavior that you see amongst women especially. I'm not trying to <laughs> generalize too much here, but I do see it happen, happening and I know it for myself because I'm a woman as well. I know definitely when I'm, when years ago when I would go out to the beach and I would be looking around and at least I would feel like I'm not the chubby one, you know? Oh God, at least, you know, well, you know, 
at least my boobs are a little, a little bit bigger or better or whatever. And that kind of bullshit. And of course, this is very much the result of media, social media, etc., etc. But that doesn't mean that we have to accept our own behavior that way, that we need to put ourselves in that situation where we're comparing instead of looking at ourselves and appreciating our own unique beauty. And another way in which we create dependency, so the first one is comparison. The second one is competition. Again, I'm not trying to generalize here, but a lot of men engage in com competitive behavior. Now, personally, I'm quite competitive as well, so definitely I will try to compete. Now, I'm good with competing with someone else. I'm fine with <laughs> losing a certain game or something, but I will definitely compete with myself. I want to do better and better and better. And sometimes this can paralyze me. And it's not just me. I see that a lot. It can, uh, it can actually paralyze other people as well. I mean, can you imagine if everyone just wants to be the number one, then you're busy trying to be the best and you're not taking away the focus of actually wanting to serve. If this is something that you're doing in your business and you're constantly you know, trying to compete with others out there, with your competitors, there's a reason why there's, a, there's this word for it, then you're not focusing on actually wanting to serve or actually serving the people that you can help. So comparison can paralyze us because we're not appreciating our own beauty. Competition can take away the focus from what really matters and just keep our eyes on, you know, the prize and wanting to be number one, which is not what it's about really. Then the last C is consent. I'm talking here about the need for approval from someone else to do certain things, to live our lives in a certain way. I'm not talking about consent here where you actually need consent from someone um, we, because we do want to engage in consensual behavior in certain areas of our lives, don't we? No, I'm, ta I'm talking here about how sometimes we wait for approval and how that is stopping us from taking action. When you wait for someone else's permission, you're becoming reactive instead of active. And how that, that can actually paralyze us in so many ways as well. I see uh, this, I see this in dating as well. <laughs> Again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, uh, you an example in the dating world where, for example, we wait for someone to text first. No, I won't, I'll be the first one to send a message today. I will wait for him or her to be the first. It's like our pride is taking over and we come up with all these rules on how we should text, on how we should engage in, in this, this exciting connection here. And we start, you know, we, we, it, that actually drives us away from our genuine, um, what we genuinely want, our genuine desire to connect with someone. When we really genuinely want to connect with someone and we feel like we have a nice message for them, we're not going to wait for them to text us first. We don't become reactive, we become active. I'm not saying stalking someone throughout the, the day, every day long, but I'm talking about just being sincere, being authentic. All right, 
Now, maybe you're wondering, maybe you're asking yourself the question, well, you know, there is a level of, or there is a difference between wanting my friend's opinion or approval or people in the outside world. And I ask myself that question, like, is there a difference? And right now, my answer is there isn't really, there isn't. Because yes, some parts of who we are, we are more comfortable in showing them to our friends and family because we know that they love us unconditionally and we cannot really make a lot of mistakes with them. We are in their inner circle, they love and accept us and it would be easier for us to show, for example, the bad parts of who we are and our flaws. And these might be parts of ourselves that we would feel a little bit less uh, comfortable with in showing in public places. So in that case, um, you would almost say, that uh, the general public's opinion is more important here because, yeah, we don't want to show that to those people. And other, other people's opinions, well, they love us anyway. You know, the family and friends and their opinions. doesn't matter. But sometimes it's the other way around, where because these people are our inner circle, because we're so close to our friends and our family, simply because of that, it becomes the, 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 the value that we hold in their eyes, you know, becomes even more precari precarious. And we are very vulnerable here because we're exposed, because they're in our hearts. <laughs> and because of that love, we don't want to lose it. We don't want to lose their acceptance. We don't want to lose the friendship and that connection. And so because of that, we might adjust ourselves even more. So I think that it goes both, way, both ways around. I say it's too easy to say that I only care about my friends and family and what they think of me and I don't care about the uh, people that I don't know. It's not always like that. It's not that black and white. But what we do want to concern ourselves with is how we can get over this. You know, how can we step into that autonomy? At the beginning of this, this episode, I was talking about how de dependency has another way. You know, and that's actually, there's a polarity here where dependency keeps us in a contracted reality because we're shackled, you know, we are still depending on someone else uh, giving us their approval or, you know, um, competing with someone else, for example. Whereas in our autonomy, we are in our own power. So how can we get there? How can we get to that place of autonomy where we are in our own center? First, you need to understand that autonomy is not about being disconnected. Autonomy is not about being um, completely independent where you don't need an anyone else. Autonomy is about interdependence, about navigating life while you interact with other people and their opinions and you still remain grounded. You still remain in your own center, living life according to your way, according to your terms, your conditions. Because, of that, because that is right for you. It doesn't mean that you do not value people's opinions. It doesn't mean that you don't value how they're feeling with this, because sometimes it is perfectly fine to not do something because you love someone. Not always. Sometimes it's also, a, <laughs> sometimes it's actually a present when you are still pursuing something that you want despite the fact that you're hurting someone in the process. And that sounds really, really, really weird because maybe you're like, yeah, but I don't want to hurt anyone else. I get that. I'm not talking about physically hurting anyone. I'm not talking about really damaging someone. What I'm talking about is living your truth 
And sometimes you living your truth can be a present for another person because they can look at, they can, they get the opportunity to look at what's happening within themselves while you're making this choice for yourself. And this is something that I really had to learn that because, you know, I've for so many years, I decided that I was less important that I would need to adjust myself so that I would support the other person. But that hurt me along the way. And it wasn't until I learned that I was allowed to live my own truth, live life according to my own terms. And yes, it hurt someone in the process because I left my husband. And yes, that hurt both of us. But in the end, I had to live my truth. You need to go through that, right? So how can you do that? I have three, three ways for you, three tips that are going to help you, definitely. Well, I believe that it starts with fully embracing all of who you are, including your shadow sides. The reason why we adjust is so that we are loved, so that we are accepted, so that we're not rejected. But here's the thing. If you don't reject yourself, then how can somebody else reject you? If you are completely fine with all your flaws and your mistakes and your failures and your shadow sides and all the nasty parts, the ugliness, the mess, if you're fully fine with that and you've embraced it and you've loved that part of yourself because you know you're not perfect, then someone else may judge you, someone else may criticize you, but it will not bring you out of your center. It will not matter as much because you're already loving yourself so much, you know? So embracing all of your shadow sides, that is step number one. Please understand that whatever rejection you feel, that no matter if still people still criticize you or reject you because of some certain choices that you made or because you've hurt them or disappointed them, then that is their perspective and they're allowed that perspective. It is completely fine. And if they're not accepting you for who you are, then it's their limited mind, or it's their mind at least. They might not be ready to embrace a new perspective, right? So that's it. And you can leave it at that where it belongs. It's not yours to take on. It can hurt, definitely, but it's not, not yours to take on. You gotta live your own truth. So embrace all of your shadows, embrace all of your amazingness, embrace all of you. Two is the step, the second thing that you could do is spend a lot of time on your own, doing things that are good for you. It is so easy to just do everything for the community for someone else, just to please them. It is not that easy to spend time on your own doing nothing or just doing what is right for you. Especially if you're like a family person, if you have kids, a partner, it is, and you have a job, and you have all these things that you need to do and friends and social life. It is very easy to just focus on all the external things and focus on all the people that are in your life and forgetting all about you. But you're important. And if, you know, by taking care of you, spending time with yourself, you can actually reload, you know, you can put yourself back into that personal power. You know, and learn how to spend time on your own and understand that this is the person 
This is your, this is the person who should be your favorite person in the whole wide world. You are born with yourself. You will die with yourself. And in the meantime, you have this entire lifetime to spend with you. There is nobody else that you will spend 24 hours a day with except for yourself. So I would say you better start liking this person. You better start loving the shit out of this person. And you better start really appreciating a lot of time with them, including time on your own. Now, that brings me to step number three, and that is that I would say, don't just spend time with yourself, but actually celebrate yourself. Celebrate your accomplishments. Celebrate um, yourself for just being who the fuck you are, even when you haven't accomplished anything, and really love the shit out of you. You know, so that you are, you will boost your energy levels. It's like indulging in pleasure, indulging in all these nice things that are good for you, that you really love doing. Something that is like fun and outrageous every now and then. Take yourself to a spa, you know, and just indulge, whether you think that you've deserved it or not. We sometimes think that we haven't deserved some things. We feel that everyone else deserves all this pleasure and all these amazing things. But when it comes to ourselves, we can become quite harsh. So celebrate yourself and love the shit out of yourself and really indulge in the things that are good for you. Listen, please, to this last sentence into the things that are good for you. I'm not talking about indulging in destructive behavior here. Please understand that. So I'm doing a little bit of a disclaimer here. I'm not saying that it is okay for you to <laughs> destroy yourself with a lot of partying or unhealthy behavior that is actually destructive for your soul. I'm talking here about really loving yourself, taking care of yourself in a good way, in a way that allows you to liberate yourself and really immerse in yumminess and juiciness and yeah, your own splendor. And because when you do these things on a regular basis, where you embrace all of who you are, you spend time on your own and actually do activities that celebrate you, you will become more autonomous. You will feel more powerful, more connected to your powers. And you will feel like, yes, this is fucking amazing. Um, I feel so much more confident. I feel that I can live life on my terms. And that way, you know, especially if by spending time on your own, you will do introspection. And that way, you know, you can navigate life so much more powerfully, confidently, and actually interact with people on a more genuine level because they won't be able to just throw you off base anymore. I hope that this helps. If you have any questions, anything else regarding this topic or something else, then please feel free to contact me. I'd love to hear from you so that I can maybe create another podcast around your questions. Um, for now, I wish you a wonderful, wonderful day and don't forget to celebrate you today. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're hungry for more, please check out my Brand Rebel app in the App Store or the Play Store. Just simply type in Be a Brand Rebel and you will find it instantly. It's free and it's fun. 
For now, have a magical day, stay raw, stay real, and stay rebellious.